I think that sometimes people that I've talked to in academia feel like if you have a business, it's because you hate teaching. Like, ooh, do you know ooh. what I mean? Like you have, you're an entrepreneur because you're setting things up to get out of teaching. To get out. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's not always the case. Nope. Nope. Welcome to Academics Mean Business with your host, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Today I have Valerie Reed. Now, what's amazing about this connection is that she's basically, we're just basically soulmates. <laughs> Education, background, soulmate. Um, she is a professor of sociology in Southern California at a community college. Um, she also happened to be a part of the same intern program, which is super rare in the U.S. to have an intern program for community college professors. Oh, but she was in it. And she also like currently does uh, work for Sadika. That's the you know, the uh, acronym for the title of the program that we were in. So what's amazing is that our conversation, there was just so much alignment. And it's funny because of everybody I interviewed, I've interviewed so far, you know, she probably made me feel the saddest about having left academia. So she is still cranking away as a full-time professor and runs a makeup company that she started 10 years ago. She founded and started. She literally makes the makeup uh, herself, did all the research. She also is now running retreats and does mentoring for other women starting businesses. So I adored this interview and I know you all will too because she just exudes why this podcast exists. And so I'm so grateful that we had an amazing conversation. We were able to hang out for as long as we did. So everybody, welcome Valerie Reed. All right. I have Valerie Reed with me today coming in from Hawaii, the big island. And uh, for those of you listening, you can't see her, but she's in a sarong. So she's showing up <laughs> as a Hawaiian. I'm in Miami. So um, <laughs> we're, we're very tropical. We'll say that this will be a very tropically sun infused uh, episode. But I'm so glad we get to finally meet. We had a little hiccup. Uh, my Wi-Fi wasn't fantastic in Lisbon, but... We have the best Wi-Fi right now. She looks fantastic, and we are ready to talk about her life. Thanks, Valerie, for coming. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I love what you're doing. I'm oh, excited for you and Thank for you. all of the people that you are inspiring with what you're doing. So it's really great, and I'm happy to be with you today. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Valerie, I, I feel just so fortunate that I get to hear um, just the stories of people who've made similar decisions than me or like had similar questions running through their, their minds. So I just feel so fortunate that, um, I get to have conversations with people who've led fantastic lives, um, and are changing the world. So, uh, it goes right back to you. Um, so let's start Valerie with a little bit about your academic background. Tell us what I, I know you're teaching right now. We briefly touched on that. Um, tell us a little bit about what's, what you're passionate about in academia, what you study, um, anything you kind of want to give us around your education. Sure. I am a sociology professor. I uh, teach at a community college in Southern California, and I have been teaching there um, since 1998. Um, 
part-time at first and then um, full-time and I've been tenured for a little while now. Nice. Um, Congrats. And so that's my, my teaching experience. I love my students. I love working with students. Um, that's actually what has kept me <laughs> I hear you. coming back semester after semester. Um, I know you probably hear a lot the complaints about admin and things like that. Sure. Um, but it's, it's really the connection that I'm able to establish with students and using sociology to help them better understand their lives, the world around them, the things that are happening. And it's, it can be really life altering for a lot of students when, you know, they're sitting there and you see the light bulbs going off and they're going, you know, that happened to me. I didn't know people Mm. studied that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And it really, that inspires me. That's what really inspires me to continue teaching is, is my connection with, with my students. You just made me a little sad because <laughs> you're the first <laughs> you're the first sociology professor I've had on and so I'm sitting here and that it was exactly my favorite part too and I felt like so, teaching sociology is such, such a gift. It is. Um I really believe that and um I used to tell my students, and I, I realized this later on when I let go of some of what I thought teaching should be like. Um but I realized I was like, I, I don't care if they know, you know, what Karl Marx wrote or whatever, like what year it was. I just care that they know that they're that they realize that they're becoming better humans in my class. And so my like overarching course outcome was like, you're going to be a better person, guaranteed by the time you leave this class. And I and I fully believe that. And I was, if I if you got to that level, not like the best human you could possibly be, but better, no, no, um, I then I feel like I succeeded. And so that and so when you yeah, those light bulb moments of like, oh, my gosh, I never thought of it that way. I've, I, um, or I didn't realize other people experienced that. I mean, there's so many layers to that. And it was my favorite part, too. So I love that. Yes, it, it, it is. And that's it's inspiring. Um, and it really has. I don't know. It's fulfilling in a way mm-hmm. that keeps me wanting to come back for more. Yeah, definitely. And um but that's it. The administrative stuff, I know that's necessary to keep the institution running, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> I, can, I can leave all that stuff behind in a minute and just mm-hmm. work with the students. That's, yeah. that's really the most fun for I hear me. You. And then when I started to get to the point where I was contemplating quitting and running away because of all the administrative um, issues and all of the isms, um, the Mm -hmm. sexism and the racism and all that stuff. Um, I thought maybe teaching online as a different focus could really um, be a way that I could subject myself to less of the isms Mm -hmm. on campus Mm -hmm. and still have that connection with my students. And so that's what really um, spurred me to dive more fully into teaching online. And so now I have uh, two face-to-face classes and three online classes. Awesome. That was my schedule when I was leaving as well. <laughs> it's a good schedule. You get, you get a little bit of flexibility. Um, that's great. And um, yeah, actually, it's kind of related to my next question. I'm curious, 
you know, what some of the the rubs are, if maybe that's the best word, in academia for you right now? Like where like where are you just looking at this institution and saying, Man, these are some big problems. <laughs> these are some, I know and I know that's a big question and and, and you can take it wherever you want to go. Yeah. Um, because there's definitely a laundry list. Um, but I bring it up because I'm curious, um, and you kind of alluded to it, what made you want to uh, perhaps run a business outside and have a different income stream, um, you know, while you were teaching? What was there something that was pushing you out or looking, making you look? So anything you can share around that? There, I think there were a couple of areas. There's the personal and Mm -hmm. then there's like the financial. I, I knew that teaching retirement wasn't going to be enough. I knew I couldn't depend on things like Social Security and, and all of that. Um, and I have a grandmother, one of my grandmothers who's passed away now. She was a substitute teacher. And um, once she decided to become a teacher, she, you know, she went for it. And at the time, racism was uh, more, I guess, overt. And so she couldn't find a full-time job, but they would let her sub. And so she was a substitute for quite a while. And um, as she got older, she ultimately ended up living with my family, my parents, and um, brought her into the home to help take care of her. And her retirement was, I believe it was $275 a month. And I thought, there's no way. No. And I, at that time, <laughs> I didn't even want to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had family and friends that kept telling me, you'd make a great Don't do teacher. Yeah, they wanted me to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You'd make a great mm-hmm. teacher. You should do this. And I was like, no, teaching sucks. And, <laughs> and finally, the bug got me. Mm-hmm. But I knew that the money would not be sufficient. Mm -hmm. And then I had other people saying, Oh no, it's different if you're a professor and you teach college. Uh, And I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that. And so once I started studying sociology and learned about demographic characteristics and the differences in life expectancy and um, experiences in academia, I did my, my master's thesis on, um, internship programs and uh, black professors and creating black professors. And so I thought, yeah, it's, it's not going to be enough. I need something else. Mm -hmm. So that was part of it. Um, I also made a promise to someone, (laughs) my goddaughter that I would pay for her private schooling and college. Wow. And I did not have enough money to keep that promise. (laughs) Uh And I thought, how am I going to keep this promise? I made the promise. So for the first couple of years, it was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. And I thought, okay, if she's going to this private school, she's already really intelligent. She's going to want to go to a good college. Uh, What if she wants to go to a college in the United States? Because she lives in Brazil. And that's going to be way more expensive than I'm able to pay for with a college salary. I need more money. Mm 
Mm. And so I knew I needed a a business for that, too, because I wanted to be able to keep my promise to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I thought, okay, now I've I've made this child this promise. I can't break it. Mm. I got to figure out how to get this money. And God knows how much money it's going to be, right? Because she... (laughs) She gets to pick. (laughs) She gets to pick. She gets to pick. So I thought, okay, I need more money for that. So those are some of the financial things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on a personal level, I I had an issue. My company, I make makeup and I sell and distribute makeup. And I started my business a little over 10 years ago. And I got started as a result of a car accident. Mm. A, a car accident and an illness. So I mm. had an illness and then I had a car accident and then things kind of snowballed. And so that car accident was another reminder that you're not always financially secure. So that's mm-hmm. another financial thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I pretty much lost everything in a matter of weeks with my illness as well. So I had this reaction to uh, a mineral. It was basically mineral toxicity that I developed from hair care products. And um, as I was healing, I started studying safe cosmetics and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I started being more cognizant about what I was putting on my skin Mm -hmm. And um, one of the symptoms of this illness was a rash. So I had this horrible rash all over my face, my neck, my arms. Um, And then when I healed and got better, I still had discoloration Mm. with the rash. And I wanted to go back to work and start teaching again. And I wanted makeup. Mm. And I could not find makeup that matched my skin tone. And I had some really horrible um, experiences trying to find makeup and people Mm. were generally not kind, Um, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't find anything. So I thought, well, somebody's making the makeup. (laughs) So why can't can't I? (laughs) Yeah. So I started studying um, cosmetic chemistry just on my own as a hobby Mm-hmm. And started making makeup for myself and got compliments on it. And then I got a mentor and created the business. And I thought this will be my creative outlet. I will be able to help people make safer cosmetic choices and really provide an option. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to say, oh, don't put this on your skin or be careful about this ingredient or check the ingredient labels for this. But what are the options? And for um, for women of color in particular, it's a very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to create options. And so that was sort of the personal, emotional part of starting my business. And all of those things just came together to create Volana Minerals. And now that it's been over 10 years. I'm expanding, um, doing a retreat in Hawaii next summer. Oh, I love that. Awesome. So much of my inspiration for the colors and Mm. um, the product names come from Hawaii. I find a lot of my inspiration here. Um, I want to bring people here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing a retreat next summer. 
Sacred and is it is the retreat based around like women self care? Is exactly. is that exactly? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. I love it. Definitely. Very cool. Well, I love that story, and um, I'm I'm curious. Um, any kind of like thoughts that came up for you, if you can go back to um, maybe making like the the day that I don't know if it's like a day because we all know that those decisions compound over time. <laughs> but so you're you're realizing uh, the limitations that of the institution, like, you know, uh-huh. taking care of you and right. um, being able to provide for you and your family. Um, and, and those you love. So when you realized, okay, like maybe I'm going to start this business. Did you have any second guessing thoughts about like, wait, why would I be able to do that? Or was there any fear of judgment or maybe there was judgment from family members or anything like that around starting a business? So if you can kind of take us there and, and walk us through some thoughts you were having around that. Sure. Um, I generally, when I come up with an idea, something I want to do, whenever I tell people about it, there are always people who say, why are you doing that? Mm. Um, (laughs) That's, that's pretty normal for me. Standard. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so I have um, come to the point where I will listen to those folks, right? Mm. But mm-hmm. I also have questions. I ask a lot of questions. So I, I As a good ask academic why. does. Yes, why? <laughs> yeah. So when I said I want to start a makeup company, and I did have people that were very close to me say things like, nobody's going to buy makeup online. Mm-hmm. Oh, so interesting. And I said, okay, but why do you think that? Mm. So rather than just get upset and put up defenses, I would say, why do you think that's the case? And then they would tell me why. And my thought was, well, that's a potential objection of a customer. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So You're doing market what, research. Yeah. Look so at you. why, yeah. <laughs> why can't I put policies and procedures in place to avoid that? So when someone comes to my website or when someone hears about the company and they have that same thought, Mm-hmm. then there's already something in place to assuage that concern. It's pretty good. So when people said to me, nobody's going to buy makeup online, I came up with actual policies and procedures and products to help avoid that question mm-hmm. or help answer that question or that concern. And when people said things like, you don't need another business, you have mm-hmm. a great job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or if you want more money, just go get a PhD. And then that'll <laughs> well, move that's you funny. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that'll move you higher on the, mm, the scale. The, yeah, the scale. Yeah. yeah. And so then I. A thousand dollars a year or something right. ridiculous. <laughs> and I yeah. was in a PhD program. I, mm. I got accepted into a PhD program. And then after a year, I realized, you know what, I'm really doing this to make other people happy, not me. Yep, yep. And I'm fine with the education I have. And honestly, that salary scale that the college has, there's still a cap on it. Yep. 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 There is no cap on the salary scale for Volana Minerals. Mm, girl, <laughs> yes. 
I love that. So, <laughs> yes. So that's not helpful for me as another mm-hmm. source of income. Awesome. But it just, the ROI wasn't good. It's not enough. No. Yeah. The, no, the ROI wasn't good. So, you know, I, I respond to people's um, comments like that with other mm-hmm. questions. And sometimes they're just really ridiculous questions. And then sure. I just avoid them and don't answer yeah. at all because it's not, not worth it. Yeah. Um, it's usually but, their own issues they're projecting yes. onto it. Like that's pretty much any, yeah. anytime you're trying to do something a little different than mm-hmm. what everyone else would do, yeah. their own fears come up as a way to give advice. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And so I, I feel like I'm doing, I need to do what I want because mm-hmm. life is short mm-hmm. and no matter how long it is, it's too short. <laughs> <laughs> and so I need to really focus on do, doing the things that I want to do that I feel comfortable with in my heart. Mm. And um, I love providing my products for people. I've had customers call me happy in tears, like literally mm-hmm. crying happy tears because it's the first time they've been able to wear lipstick that didn't make them break out and wow. that actually matched their skin tone. Mm-hmm. Um, our spokesmodel, her husband actually called me and before she became our spokesmodel, he called and he said, my wife wants to be a spokesperson for your company. Oh, I love that. He said, I remember the day that she found your makeup and she put it on and she was jumping around the house screaming, going, it matches, it matches. I didn't have to mix anything. Look, honey, it matches. Aww. And, you know, that makes me want to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, any comments that anybody has to say about what's wrong with my business or what's mm. wrong with what I'm doing or problems with my distribution or anything else are set aside for those experiences for those people. Yeah. I love that. The Yeah. The reason why behind your business is obviously mm-hmm. very important to you and is impacting so many people. And that's the kind of thing that on those really hard days, keep us going because it's not, it's definitely not easy running a business. Um, no, no. no. <laughs> and then um, and I, I have wanted to, um, to quit. Like there was, there were a couple of years in there where I was depressed. I was mm. exhausted. I literally felt exhausted, like to my soul, like there was no mm. amount of sleep that was going to help. Yeah. And um, ultimately I got, I was able to work through it, reorganize my life in a mm. way that made it possible to keep going and I decided to obviously decide to keep going and then expand. Right. Yeah. Like who does that? People are like, wait a minute. I thought you wanted to shut down the business. Now you're expanding. I'm like, let, let it be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you do it? Like how you're a full-time professor and running a business and what the, the early stages, the current stages, like what's that like for you right now? How, how do you do it? <laughs> well, I, I have help have Mm. help. That's really important. And, um, 
it's sort is that of, something you got early on? Was that like, this is only going to work if I have help uh-huh. or, um, okay. Well, yeah, I didn't have, like, I, I didn't really know how to build a website sure. that people could actually shop from. Buy stuff like on. A blog. <laughs> important I could, to yeah. give you money. It's <laughs> very important. To give me money. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could build a blog or something like that, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. a shopping cart and all that stuff. No, I couldn't do yeah. that. So um, my brother actually did my first website. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a web development business and he had like 10 other customers at the time. But my website was the most labor intensive. Mm. And because this so, is in like circa 2008, too. There's not as yeah. easy apps. And yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was 2007. Seven. Yeah, 2007 when we built the website. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there was, you know, Dreamweaver code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's what what we did. Let this be a message to all of you. It is way easier now. (laughs) (laughs) Pay 10 bucks a month or something like that and someone else Uh, is doing it. (laughs) Uh, Now it's like, what is this Shopify? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) totally. These children just don't know. So yeah, they don't know what it's like to put in the root with the work. <laughs> yeah, so we did that and um it was really amazing, but mm. he was he was there for me every step of the oh, way. Yeah. Um that's huge. Yeah, it, it really Are there was. other entrepreneurs in your family? So was that kind of like a a, a model for you? Um in terms people of that had actually, businesses, yeah, yeah, that had businesses, but not really, not so much full time businesses. Okay, mm-hmm. really, and and Volana Minerals wasn't full time either. It, mm-hmm. You know, it didn't start out that way. It was part time, mm-hmm. and then it grew. And I I started getting orders immediately. Mm-hmm. which was weird. Of course. And yeah. Was, how'd, you, how'd you do social media? Like how, how did people find out about you back then? Searching it? The first was just online searching. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing a, a Google search for um, makeup for women of color and then the website would come up. And that's how I got my first order. I actually got my first order before the website was officially live. Ah, so, love it the yeah my brother web manager had launched the site he said he just had it to had to test some links before we went live and mm-hmm. he said it was up for 20 minutes and and an order came through and i saw i got the message from paypal and i was like what do you mean i have money i don't have money i'm not <laughs> selling anything yeah, yet. random money coming through yeah <laughs> and so i was like did you is the website up? It's not supposed to be up till next week. And he said, no, it's not up. And I'm like, but there's money and there's an order. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, I don't know what, what, what time did it come in? So I checked and he said, oh yeah, I was testing the website. It was only up for 20 minutes. And I was like, oh mm. crap, now what? So good. So- <laughs> now I have to fulfill it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but it was um, mostly me doing all the design, um, the colors, the formulas, mm-hmm. the drawings for the website, the layout. Like I mm-hmm. had poster boards on the wall and I drew where, you know, the map Amazing. of where everything would go if people uh-huh. clicked. And um, 
the pictures I did photo sh- the photo shoot like I found somebody in San Diego who was taking pictures at an event that I was mm-hmm. at and so we agreed to do a photo shoot and as people would walk by I would say oh you you look like mother earth would you like to participate <laughs> in my photo shoot <laughs> and one of my models I met her in line at the DMV Nice. And I was like, you would be perfect. You are Amber Dream. <laughs> You're recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's and great. So, so that's were you, you were you building this kind of um, like on spring break, uh, summer break? Like how after, did you kind of organize your life? Um, after classes. After classes. Every holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanksgiving. I took mm-hmm. my laptop to Thanksgiving dinner at my grandma's house. And after dinner, I went in the back bedroom and worked on copy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's pretty much how it went until it was ready to display. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's been ongoing since then. But I've become really good at streamlining things. I I streamline my courses. I streamline Mm -hmm. my assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, I do much, oh gosh, so many fewer assignments than yep. when I started teaching. And I tell yep. my students too, I'm like, look, yep. you guys, when I started teaching, you would have had a quiz every week. Yep. Now you get two quizzes a semester. And before I retire, I'm not even going to give quizzes. I'm just going to come in and we're just going to sit in a circle and talk about sociology. And then I'm going to retire. Boom. Oh my gosh, that's my dream. <laughs> And they're like, Could you dang it, I left now? too early. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I so it sounds like we had similar awarenesses because um I also started to realize I mean, so everyone knows that professors and teachers in general are are getting more responsibilities dumped on them like by like by the year, right? As as our contracts keep being negotiated, as new stuff comes down from the state. I mean, yeah, right. And we're not really gaining any raises as a result, right? We're asking for 1% and we're like begging for it. Right. Yeah. So, um, I started to realize I was like, man, there are people doing a lot of extra work. And I just thought that was part of the game, man. And you know, there were the certain professors that did all the work and there were the ones that didn't. And I was like, okay, well, it sounds like everyone puts in their time and then you chill. (laughs) That was like the system that we created. And I know it's different Mm -hmm. in different schools. Um, but when I like started to be like, just have the aha of like making money is okay, which I have my own like mindset issues around that. Um, making money is okay. And I started making on the side, I started to like weigh my time because now my time was being exchanged for, like you said, no cap, (laughs) which I think Uh is the perfect language. Um, it's like, wait, I don't have to have two or three committees that I have to be on. I actually am only required to be on one. Right. And if I miss one, nothing happens to people. Hmm. Interesting. Right. And so I started to say, Oh, you want me to come to professional development for a full day? I could stay at home and probably make that in an hour. Uh, not even like, you know what I mean? And I was like, I'm not going to go. And I didn't. And, and I and, and slowly I started to just take my time back for myself and my life, um, serve my students and and also realize like what serving my students look like. And if my goal was making them better people and not, you know, fact regurgitation 
Right. What can I eliminate from my class? How can I still show up as, um, you know, a guide for them, but not have to overwork and all of that. So, oh my gosh, you echoing this back to me is just like <laughs> my heart. <laughs> um, yeah, I did similar things. I started streamlining my grading. I started streamlining, um, you know, teaching five or five classes. I took no overload. I made sure I'm like, sorry, we need to find an adjunct. Um, and I was like, uh, the grading I did, students were allowed to pick what, what like an essay they wrote different. So it spaced out when papers came in. So it wasn't like I got 200, you know, it was like, I would get like, you know, a fifth, a fifth of that or a quarter of it or something like that. So yeah, I had some strategies too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think we should be doing that anyway. Hell yes. As, just <laughs> right? even, Whatever you fill the time with, it's gotta be better. <laughs> even yeah. if you're not, um, you're not an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. And I understand that there are some people who, for whom that position and the college is like Mm -hmm. everything for them is everything. It's Mm -hmm. everything. And, Mm -hmm. and you know, when I, and that's cool. Yeah. That works. (laughs) They choose. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, no, this isn't going to work. It wasn't enough. It's not. And I needed Mm -hmm. more. And, the more that the college provided was not the more that I wanted. Yeah. And so I really needed to switch things up and it was for my own happiness and my own sanity. And I just needed to be that selfish and it was, it was important. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so streamlining my classes, streamlining my activities. I used to do so many events. Um, Mm. one of the, (laughs) one of the reasons, one of the things that was really eye opening for me is we have, you mentioned professional development. Mm -hmm. So I used to do, Oh, sometimes six events a year for the college, for the college. Mm-hmm. For the students. No, it's for, for the, the college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yep. For the students. And, and so one, um, every year when I submitted my contract for faculty development for, uh, I have, you know, 150 hours. The requirement, I think, was 25 hours. Mm. But yep. I always submitted 120 to 150 and it was always Mm -hmm. approved right Mm -hmm. oh yeah she did this she did that she approved it It wasn't like I was getting extra money for it but no I wanted that proof right so at least there was some acknowledgement on paper that I did these things because that's all you're gonna get that's it right (laughs) right literally so if it turns up on my vita and somebody says Mm. you know did she really do all that it's like Mm. yeah see the committee approved Mm -hmm. it i did all that Mm -hmm. so one year though the committee would not approve my contract wow and they said you can't do more than 25 hours. And I said, that's not what the contract says. The contract says that the minimum is 25 hours. It doesn't say that you can't do more. And they said, no, we're not going to approve it until you change the contract so that it reflects no more than 25 hours. And I thought, okay, I could be really upset about this or I can accept it as a gift. Hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and accept it as a gift 
and I'm really irritated that you didn't tell me this before because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done all that. <laughs> I would have mm-hmm. just done the 25 hours <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and submitted the form. But thank you for letting me know now I'll never do it again. One thing I was thinking as I was exiting, and I remember t- when I told them that I was leaving, so I kind of decided to exit and didn't tell anyone for a little while. And then it was like in the fall, so I didn't come back for like spring. Um, so, and when I, and I just had this fear that people were, you know, again, my own issues, but I had, I had a fear that people were going to be really mad that I was doing it. And I was obviously really scared to tell my colleague who went to bat for me to get me hired, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and everyone was like, you know, like go like that. You figured it out. You figured out the dream, like kind of thing. And I was like shocked, but I was really scared to tell my students like, and, and, and I took, I remember standing up there and I was like, so I'm not coming back. Cause a lot of them were asking me like, what do you, you know, what are you teaching next semester? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I just was kind of like, I'm starting a business and I never thought I would do this. I'm taking a chance, you know, and I was like, please stay in touch, like friend me on Facebook, I, you know, that now it doesn't matter or whatever. <laughs> um, and so to think about you staying and just being such an example for your students um, around that, I mean, that's why they're asking you life questions, because you're actually showing up as a full person instead of just, you know, the professor. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that I do. And yeah. I, I tell them, I, I, sometimes they'll Google me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes sure? I tell it them, Google me, they're yeah. like, what do, what do you, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You just teach sociology? And then I go, Google me. No. <laughs> yeah. Google me. One time, um, some of my students saw me on TV. Oh, yes. That's great. <laughs> I came back after a holiday weekend and a couple of students said, I saw you on KTLA, Miss Reed. And I was like, you did? And they said, yeah. What's your business? And I told them and they said, oh, I want to buy some. I said, you right. can't buy anything. If I see any addresses, and my assistant knows this too, if I see any addresses for orders come through from this area, from our catchment area, <laughs> she, my assistant pulls those orders. And then I check to see if it's a student. If it's a student, I will cancel your order. And they're like, but why? It looks so cool. And I said, because I don't want anybody coming back at the end of the semester going, you gave me a C and I bought your makeup. I bought your thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on, you know, the day after you can buy. Yes. On the, That's the funny. day after you can buy it. <laughs> I love it. That's smart. That's a really good point though. Yeah, once your grades recorded, but yeah, it was so funny when they're like, she was on TV this weekend. <laughs> That's so. great. Yeah. I guess like, yeah, I don't really have that problem because I don't have like a product, but I was, um, part, like part of my story is be like, I was in an MLM. That is actually how I learned about business was doing that and, or or just knew or even considered having a side income was through that. And that was one of my fears was being like, 
students seeing me doing this thing. And, and so that was always in the back of my mind, which then is also what prompted me to say, I want my own thing, like something about that. Yeah. And so that's, you know, how that journey started. But, um, so once I wasn't like selling a product anymore, it, I didn't have to really worry about it, but that's really funny. I, I never thought about that. No, I went through that too with the MLM. Cause I, I, oh, yeah. yeah, I sold Mary Kay mm-hmm. for a while. Um, cause that was, and this is pre, pre your business. Yeah. yeah. That, cause I was still looking for something to cover the scarring mm-hmm. and Mary Kay wasn't as traumatic as going into the store and dealing with people and the looks and sure. all of that. So, but I was still mixing it. Mm, yeah. So they, they have a fairly diverse yeah. color range. It would break me out. Um, mm-hmm. But the colors I could get close enough so that I could mix a couple and then yeah. come up with something. And then one day it was like, I'm mixing for Mary Kay's heirs. Yep. They haven't and figured if, it out. If I have to mix it. <laughs> Everyone's why not mixing. mix it yeah why not <laughs> yeah mix it you're for already myself, doing the work yeah right definitely so yeah and then yeah. I was complaining and complaining and one day my dad was listening to me complain about it and he said are you just gonna keep complaining or are you gonna do something about it I was like okay fine fine dad <laughs> Aww, he must be so proud of you he is he is yeah, he's, cool. he's also one of my helpers <laughs> It helps, man. Having the family on board, super helpful. It does. It does. Okay. So we've talked... Oh, man. I love this. I could talk about teaching with you all day. No. So we've talked about a lot of stuff. And um, I would say we... Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about... You know, you, you, you mentioned having and hiring a mentor at some point, getting a mentor. If you wanted to speak to that just for... Especially because, you know, maybe some people listening are like aspiring to maybe do something or they're curious. So I'd love to hear some of those initial steps to get you through um, getting that business launch. So your, your, your uh, brother helped you, but what other, you know, help did you seek? Um, I met a woman through one of my ingredient suppliers Mm. and um, I needed some help but I wasn't sure what help I needed because I never started a makeup company before. (laughs) (laughs) And so she, this company that supplied ingredients, they said, well, this woman, she works as a consultant. And so I looked at her phone, they gave me her phone number and it was seven, six, zero area code. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And she's close. She's local. Yeah. Like, I don't have to fly to Boston or something to, to work with this person. And so I contacted her and she said, well, yeah, I do help people. I consult and I have a spa and I do lots of other Mm -hmm. things. I've been in the business for 30 plus years. And, and I said, okay, all that sounds great. And now how much do you charge? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she said $150 an hour. And of uh, now it's like, okay, that's not bad. Yeah. But in my head then I was like calculating, okay, how many questions could I get in? Yeah. For, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. She's and getting she, paid double what you're getting paid to teach, right? right. Per hour, maybe pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, okay. <laughs> um, and she, she picked up on the silence and mm. she said, why don't we do this? Tell me what you want to do. 
So I told her my idea and my plan and how I thought it would work. And she said, I'd like to meet you. So I said, Mm -hmm. okay. So we set up a meeting and we met and she said, okay, explain in more detail how, how you think this is going to work out your business. So I explained my, you know, my why, why it was important, what I wanted to do and how I thought it would work. And she said, you know, you're the first person I've talked to in a long time that I actually think could do this. Ooh. So I'm not going to charge you. Wow. She said, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to buy your materials through the companies that I rep for. So I'll get paid when you buy supplies through my companies. Um, but I won't charge you for consulting. Cause, mm. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> she said, yeah, I think you could actually make this happen. I love that model. Like that's such a, and like, yeah, like why not? Oh my yeah. gosh, that's really inspiring. Yeah. So instead of getting paid through the supply and the hourly, she cut that and um, she's been a great mentor. She mm-hmm. still helps me. We're friends now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's been amazing. And she's been with me the whole way. And now she wants me to help her launch her online business for her wholesale client. Because she mostly um, supplies products. Uh, okay. Um, and then she, to, to other companies, she's more of a B2B mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. cosmetics person. And then she does have a spa. So she sells her clients products too. And she wants to create an online environment where her wholesale people can order through her. Oh, smart. Yeah. And her spa clients can get refills on their products. Mm. And so she wants me to help her do that. So oh, I that thought, exciting. oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely. Full circle. Now you yeah. Can, yeah, totally. What I hear in that too, um, I feel like in the early stage, well, no, all stages of business at every time you're about to level up, right? There needs to be someone around you that sees your potential because there's so much doubt and fear and, um, you know, self reflection and questioning and you know the ego pops in and is like what are you doing right um so to have somebody who's had experience tell you that she saw where you were taking this I mean that must have been that must have felt awesome it was it was great yeah it was great and it it really did um solidify things for me yep right yeah so and it's been a wonderful relationship so and and she's been in terms of of makeup she's been my my primary mentor in that mm-hmm. way and then i have mm-hmm. other business mentors social like media like as you need them for different yeah yeah totally very cool um one of my favorite questions i ask my guests um is related to how you think our skill set as being professors as being um researchers and academics how has that really helped you build this business? From what I hear initially, <laughs> in your, in, right? Um, that initial story means with that with your with your mentor. I mean, you just did the research and you said this is how I can do it, and yeah. right. And I mean, all every part of your journey seems like you were you were tapping into those skills. But if you could expand on that, that would be awesome. 
Well, I think as a sociologist, being able to understand, um, spend time with and actually learn about multiple cultures has Mm. helped me. So I've traveled Ah, quite a bit and I don't travel like a tourist. I, Mm -hmm. you know, live with families and learn about culture that way when I travel. And And this is to make a truly global brand, right? Like that's like your intention behind it. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. And to understand what, where the needs are. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when I, and how they're different. Yes, exactly. So when I lived in Brazil, I could not find lipstick that matched my skin tone. I could not find Mm -hmm. makeup that matched my skin tone. Mm -hmm. When I talked to people about it, um, couldn't find it. Um, and I, you know, knew people who knew people who, you know, worked for TV stations and had no makeup for the actors and actresses. And Mm -hmm. so, and I know that, that had I not had that sociology bug, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I might not have noticed those things. Yeah. Right. Sure. And so that's really helped me. It's helped me here to be able to um, understand groups, know where things are falling short and how I might be able to create a product for them Mm -hmm. and, and even create names that aren't offensive. Yeah. There you (laughs) go. Or or branding that isn't. Yeah. Yeah, That's actually really important. They're Mm -hmm. not really good at that. And so Mm -hmm. sociology has helped me there. Um, Understanding, you know, demographics in terms of what I need. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. if, I know that on average, my life expectancy is going to be shorter than a Caucasian woman with my same educational background, um, same job experience, same career, and all of those things. What what else is going to happen in my life? Does it make mm. sense to work until I'm 65? Mm. No, no, mm-hmm. because when I... If you take statistics, even a couple of times (laughs) and research (laughs) methods, you'll learn that you can take the amount of money that you will get when you retire at 65 and compare that to the long term, smaller payments of retiring at 53 or 55 or 52. And there's not really that big a difference. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And and so then if sociology tells you you're probably not going to live as long, don't wait till you're 65. No, quit sooner. (laughs) Because mm-hmm. chances are you're going to be dead a couple of years after you retire and then all that money goes back in the pot. And that's okay. why yep. they want you to wait till you're 65. So sociology. They, helps. they know their math, too. <laughs> right. They know what yes. they're doing. <laughs> exactly. But, you yeah. know, trying to entice me with bigger payments for another mm. decade of my already too short life. Oh, stop. So mm-hmm. I think sociology helped me um, put a different spin on Mm -hmm. retirement. Mm -hmm. So when my colleagues talk about retirement, they use different language. The magic dream. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And oh, you're building a house in Hawaii. Is that where you're going to retire? I don't know. I know that I can go now. I'm going now. I'm going to live there (laughs) when I can. (laughs) I love it. So I I think sociology helped me in those ways as well. The research methods, definitely um, being able Mm -hmm. to 
find the information that I needed. Yeah. To Especially be around makeup to, and yeah, yeah. toxicity and mm-hmm, exactly. chemicals. Yeah. 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 And even figure out how to make, you know, lipstick or lip gloss mm-hmm. and the characteristics of the ingredients. It's the, that fundamental um, sort of foundational, I guess is the word I want to use, background and research and research methods that helped me to be able to learn enough to be able Mm. to do something like make lipstick or make lip gloss and not have to buy somebody else's formula. Those are, those are great. I love, I love that you brought in sociology again. I'm just like sitting here just like smiling. I'm like, we need to be friends. (laughs) I love it. Um, So I guess my last question um, is if you had any advice for somebody who's thinking about starting a business, um, is in academia or, or pursuing the path, um, uh, what would be something you would say to them? What would be some of the things you wish someone told you as you were starting out on this? Just go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Um, use, figure out ways that you can use the knowledge that you have to create your business and um, use the knowledge that you have to seek out new knowledge that will help you. And um, don't, don't sacrifice too much of yourself. Mm. Like be true to yourself. Um, take care of yourself. Like the, the couple of years that that I was depressed and ready to close down Volana Minerals. I think I was just, I was doing too much trying to fulfill this imaginary goal Mm. that I had. And it was, it wasn't, it wasn't really what I wanted to Mm -hmm. do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had been expanding Volana Minerals was in a major retail store and it was just, too overwhelming and it it wasn't really a good fit. And so it's okay to say no. Mm. It's okay to quit. It's okay to do something else and it's okay to change your mind. Give yourself permission to change your mind and say, I thought that was going to be awesome. Now that I'm doing it, it's not so awesome. I don't want to do it anymore. That's Mm -hmm. cool. That's okay. Just don't, I don't think that we should look at our path as completely linear, right? Yeah. There's, you don't have to be in a rush and you don't have to be in a hurry. Put the start, start with baby steps and just keep plugging along and plugging along. It's amazing when I think like 10 years, it's been mm-hmm. over 10 years now. That is now. such an achievement right? to think That's about how many crazy. businesses don't make it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, for I could say it's still a part-time business, maybe, um, but I have help. And if you add all of the people who help, sure, it's a mm-hmm. full-time business, mm-hmm. um, but it's fun. Yeah. And when it's not fun, then I won't do it anymore. Um, I do like expanding. So I would encourage people to expand. So if you're already in a business and you want to do something else, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Other people have multiple businesses. You can too. And I don't think, 
I think that sometimes people that I've talked to in academia feel like if you have a business, it's because you hate teaching. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you have, (laughs) you're an entrepreneur because you're setting things up to get out of teaching. To get out. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's not always the case. Nope. Nope. It's not. And I think that um, it's okay to accept that there are certain parts of anything that you do that are awesome and certain parts that you don't like. There are certain parts of academia that I cannot stand. Yeah. That are really draining, that make me want to escape. And there are other parts that are amazing. It's the same with your business. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good point. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be the same thing with your business. There are things about having my own business that I absolutely love. And there are certain things that's like, oh, my God, I have to do what again now? Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's okay, too. Just go with it. Mm -hmm. Be adventurous. Take a chance. You can take calculated chances. <laughs> you can take well-researched chances. Um, mm. I think sometimes having the having your business and teaching puts you at an advantage because you can look at your teaching as your funding source for your business. Yes. Yes. Right. You can take more risks with your business if you know that that salary is still going to keep coming. Your mortgage is still going to get paid. Your gas and electricity is going to get paid. And you have health care, which is huge. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so you can take some more risks to Mm -hmm. grow your business. And so that Ah. if the time comes when you are ready to stop teaching. It's not so scary. Yeah. Right. So you can use your job as your initial funding source. You don't have to borrow money um, from other people. You don't have to take Mm -hmm. out massive loans, Mm -mm. um, you know, to build the infrastructure to get started. You can just take a little bit of your monthly salary And use that as your startup money for your business. And I think that for a lot of people, that's that's a lot less stressful. It really is. Right. Yeah. Yep. Because there's I I think that's that could be why a lot of businesses fail quote unquote fail or end or whatever in the beginning is because it's really getting over that profitability mark of right of the of the consistent income coming in regularly bills are being paid, um, you know, that kind of thing. And um, I love that you're bringing this up. And I think we briefly touched on it in another interview. But, it, it, you know, what I feel from from having this conversation with you is like, is academics are actually really primed to start a business, like more than maybe lots of other uh positions in the workforce, like as people who study labor and, and the economy, right? Like, um, and you're a genius. No, <laughs> but, but you have these skills. Yeah. You have these yes. skills to, um, to, to really be able to make decisions in a way that some other folks don't have or, right. or, or have not had access to, uh, to build, right. Those, those opportunities. So, you know, just some things to think about and, um, consider, 
uh, you know, if you have this idea or this itch, because um, another point I want to bring up about your interview that has really helped me with the mindset I had, I still am dealing with identity stuff around teaching, um, and, and leaving and choosing to leave. So this conversation is a little, it's hitting a little deep, it's gotten a little (laughs) deep for me. Um, and, but in a good way, I mean, this is why I'm doing this podcast. It's part of my own exploration. Um, so my identity and like, and playing with that idea, I think one of the things that you brought up is you can, your, your starting a business is solving a problem, like a real problem. And, um, you know, that's why I got into sociology was I was like, man, there's so many, you know, things wrong with the world and I want to make a better impact. And just think about what, having resources and being able to put it out and towards an issue in the world. I mean, that's, that's what starting a business can be. Um, and for me, that was a reframe. I, I had these preconceived judgments about people with money and people who started businesses and how corporate, like, you know, we have lectures on class that we can talk about. Right. So I have, and that was feeding into, into some of my mindset around this. Um, but then I was like, Oh wait, but also I can be that right in a different way. And so, um, your, you know, your story and your business that you've built is really helping people. Yes, it um, is. and you're solving a problem. You're making people have access to something they don't have access to. Um, there's so much tied to that about self care and worth that I feel, um, that is so important too. So I just, I just wanted to, to I don't know, reflect that back to you. So that was, that was, that was one of my big takeaways from oh, our conversation. You. today. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, Oh, let me think about how I want to say this. When you think about becoming an entrepreneur, I think that a lot of people, when they, when those negative feelings arise and we think about, you know, how destructive capitalism is mm-hmm. and how oppressive mm-hmm. capitalism can be, we think mm-hmm. about the multinational conglomerates, these large yeah. companies that are like hiring prison labor for nothing and those kinds of things. And, and who wants to be part of that? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, thank you. But yeah. when you think about the majority of businesses, mm. the majority of entrepreneurs, the majority are people who have like the local auto repair shop. It's yep. not a franchise. Nope. It's, it's this family of mechanics who have added on to their house <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. repairing cars for the and community. And they're making it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Or the person who has the little grocery store on the corner. And yeah, it's a liquor store, but they sell some vegetables too. And <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. those are the majority of businesses or the local car wash or um, the guy who's pushing the cart selling corn and the, the ice cream truck, that's the majority. Yep. And I think that a lot of people see ads and they think, Oh, I can get to six figures in six months. And (laughs) and I've seen those. I I want to be the next Bill Gates. Mm -hmm. But maybe you want to provide a living for two people in your community Mm -hmm. and your family. And that's cool, Mm -hmm. too. Right. Very cool. There is nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. To me, 
those are the entrepreneurs that don't get a lot of publicity, mm-hmm. but they're not hurting anybody. Yeah. They're not hiring prison labor. <laughs> their, their CEOs aren't, you know, pulling in $3,000 an hour. Yeah. It's, it's not that. And yeah. when I think about the majority of people that I know who are entrepreneurs, the majority of people that you know who are entrepreneurs, they're not large corporations. They're average mm-hmm. people who are making their communities just that much better. Like mm-hmm. when I was a little kid, there was this, um, the first person that I really remember as being an entrepreneur, like hustling, going out there and getting it. He lived next door to my grandmother's house and they lived across the street from an elementary school. So what he did was he bought a snow cone machine and he bought candy in bulk Mm. and he converted his garage into a snow cone and candy shop. And you know what time he opened when school let out? Mm -hmm. And and so in the mornings he would ride his bike. He had a a three wheel bike, a trike, and it had a big basket on the back and he would ride it to the ice house. It was this company that made, you know, commercial ice blocks and he would buy a couple of blocks of ice, put them in that basket in the back of his trike and ride back home. And he did that every school day and the kids would get out of school and they would take the lunch money that they didn't use at school because they were saving it do- for Mr. Rodriguez, right? <laughs> yeah. And they would go over and they would buy snow cones and candy and then they'd walk home. Mm. He was an entrepreneur. Yeah. He 100%. made, he made for those kids, he made the community better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Solved a problem. So thousands People, and thousands yeah. of kids mm-hmm. over two generations got their sugar rush from Mr. Rodriguez. I love it. He was an yeah. entrepreneur. He was the yeah. epitome of entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. No, no corporate title. Mm-mm. Right? There was no board yep. of directors. He's just making his community a better place and providing for his family. Mm-hmm. Right. And he did it for years till he passed mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. So when I think of entrepreneurs, I think of Mr. Rodriguez. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'll, I'll keep him in mind too. No, I, and, I, and people like you, I mean, that's, I mean, that's again, yeah, why I'm doing this. And I think I'm wondering, it's so interesting because Yeah, just these, um, it's like whatever social experiences that we grow up around and take with us and carry with us those, those ideas and how they how they frame how you see things, right. And so um, for me, you know, there weren't a lot of um, examples of, of entrepreneurs or business owners in my family. And the one person who was I didn't trust um, the way they did things. Yeah. Um, and so that sticks, that sticks with somebody. And so going into something like sociology and knowing what I know about how these systems work, you know, um, it, it, I didn't realize what I was carrying with me all the way through that. Right. And then to start a business and be like, Oh, this is interesting. This is different. Um, 
uh, or this is a different way of viewing the world, I guess, or, or from a different lens. But I'm, I'm still unlearning some of that initial experience, um, you know, with, with that person in my life or, or that, um, um, example, the closest example for me. So it wasn't a good one for me. And so, you know, I'm like, okay, (laughs) uh, I, now I can see where it comes from a little bit. Yeah. I think that in my family, when, when I did hear people talk about entrepreneurs, they didn't talk about them as entrepreneurs. Mm. So yeah, I didn't know is a is mm-hmm. yeah, and they didn't talk about them as business owners. They didn't say things like that. Like they that's true. I I had a I think she was a great 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 aunt, and they used to say she had a boarding house. Mm. She let people stay there. That's how they would let say it. Stay there. But uh-huh. to, to me, that's basically like Airbnb. Oh yeah. Of the 1930s. Oh yeah. yeah. That's what she did. And she would cook. She would cook for people and she, and they pay her. She was an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I had another, um, great, great. I think it was three greats aunts, um, who had a, a chicken farm. And when the family talked about her, they didn't talk about her necessarily as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Later they did, you know, they would say, oh, you're like aunt so-and-so because she had chickens. And I was like, what? I don't have chickens. What are you talking about? <laughs> and so it's like, no, she had a chicken farm. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, she's an entrepreneur. Got it. Yeah. And she had Got land. It. And mm-hmm. um, but they didn't really talk about her farming or the chickens and selling the chickens or selling Mm -hmm. the eggs. They talked about she had the land and um, she wasn't supposed to have the land because, Mm. you know, she was a black woman and some white guys decided they wanted it and they forced her off the land and threatened to kill her and the family. So they took Mm. the land. So I got that story, but it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't in the framework of, she actually put together resources, had land in Redondo Beach, mm-hmm. had a chicken farm like that. Mm-hmm. That's a business. She created mm-hmm. it from scratch mm-hmm. and made money with it and supported mm-hmm. the family. And so I think the way it was framed when I was younger didn't focus on the business no. So yeah. it wasn't until I was an adult and started becoming interested in starting a business that that really um, I was able to reframe it myself. Reframe it. Mm-hmm. And ask, so interesting. ask different questions to help reframe it. And then mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, yeah, she was an entrepreneur. <laughs> yep, Why didn't you yep. tell me when I was five? No. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like who gets, who gets the title? Like what Mm -hmm. is, what is, what are the characteristics of, and who is that, is that title worthy of or whatever? And that's, that's interesting. And I think what's interesting too, um, you know, just the era that we, you know, the technology, the, um, the opportunity, I guess. And I think that word is mean is starting to change. We're starting to attribute different meaning towards it, um, as a culture of what it means to be an entrepreneur, because now it's 
quicker, easier, you know, to, um, when you were talking about overhead to start a product based business, I couldn't even imagine like wrapping my mind around that. Um, I do think it's, it's a lot easier than it was 10 years ago for sure. Um, but so is starting, I basically started a consulting business and to just walk in online and say, Oh, I could help you do that. Great. Here's my PayPal link. Um, that that was it. And here I have income and I don't have anything going out like, you know, ah, like amazing. Right. So, um, you know, going out is your knowledge. And when what's going out is my knowledge. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes. And it's true. And, and I, I I just want to point out that it, it is, um, you know, it is easier and easier to start a business, um, and, um, and get out there with whatever your idea is. And then you have shows like Shark Tank and, you know, these, you know, this, this idea of that innovation as being a part of the, um, you know, using our sociological imaginations, right? The, like the intersection of the technology and the culture and where we're at right now. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, this was one of my favorite conversations that I've had so far, (laughs) Valerie. Um, and it sounds like your business is doing amazing and it sounds like you're looking to grow and and scale it. Uh, we'd love to hear, you know, where people can find you and, and, um, your, your products and, and, you know, learn more about you. So if you want to share any of those, Sure. You can um, visit my website. It's valanaminerals.com. That's V as in Victor, A-L-A-N-A, minerals.com. And Valana is a combination of my name and my goddaughter's name. I love that. Her name is Mariana. I have two goddaughters, Mariana and Kiana. And Mariana was the one that I promised Mm. college tuition and private Mm. school tuition too. So I named it after both of us. And um, for my retreat coming up this Mm. summer, that's you are the letter U and the letter R dot Valana minerals.com. And yes, I will definitely have the links in the great. Yeah. And we'll definitely send the links uh, below. What is What are the dates of the retreat? July 7th through the 14th. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So you'll be listening right now and, and she'll be booking. I'm sure there's going to, there's some spots. Yes, How many there's spots still we got? Some, there's still some spots left. Good. We're good. We have an awesome, an awesome retreat location and it's, it's not a hotel. It's actually a private residence Ah. and it's three buildings. Awesome. And so I'm really excited about it. It's what so are you going to cool. do uh, with the women who, who come to the retreat? We are going to have a volcano day uh-huh. where we uh, we have uh, discussions on rebirth mm. and bringing your best self forward and creating new things in your life. And we're going to do that on the volcano that is active, which is so exciting. (laughs) That's really cool. And we're going to tour an orchid farm, which also is about planting new seeds and creating. Mm -hmm. And we are going to do a tour of the Red Road, which is a coastal highway here. And I'm going to take folks to some sort of secluded places where the tourists usually don't go. And I think that's going to be awesome. And we're going to do some journaling. We're going to do some DIY skincare. (laughs) And it's it's I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be so much fun. 
It sounds amazing. And if this interview isn't like a sales letter for this, <laughs> I don't know what is. But to me, I'm like, I need to go. So, <laughs> You're so, so inspiring. And oh, you have so much you. to share with people. And I think I think this retreat sounds amazing. I mean, it's it's it representative is. of all you've accomplished. Um, and that's that's, that's really what cool. I wanted. So, that's what I yeah. wanted. I just I, I want I want people to know that they can create the lives that they want to. Yep. Maybe it's not yep. in Hawaii, right? But right. if I can be an example of that, that is awesome. I'd love to help people do that. You too. are. Just you are create, an example of that. Yes. Best self. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, for spending time with me. And uh, I'm, you know, you're definitely coming on again. And we're going to come up with a really <laughs> cool topic to chat about because I could probably talk to you all day. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me and being on Academics Mean Business. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And again, congratulations to you for creating this awesome platform platform and reaching so many people and helping other people um, get to their goal, get to their dream. It's it's really awesome that you're doing this. It takes we a lot. We might have to do something together, actually. Yeah. I'm thinking like the more I'm like, I'm like, hmm, my brain is turning. But yeah, I appreciate that. Thank no, you so much. That means a lot. No, it, it's true. You're doing a wonderful job. It takes a lot to step out there and, yeah. you know, help people along and you know bravo to you thank you thank you so much